What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the When Life Hands You Lennon's Podcast. But in an entry-level film production, it's one strike and you're out. You're fired. I'm not calling you back. If your goal today is to make a basket, we're going to make that basket. The minute you create something, as soon as it's made tangible, you have a copyright in it. How do I get our guys to sound that big, you know, that full when they do the harmonies? And I'm your host, Lennon Seahawk. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of When Life Hands You Lennons. This week's episode features Justin Longo of Meridation Music. This episode is really interesting. We have a very interesting conversation about money. And if there's anything I've learned being in music is it's very difficult to get your money. And it's very difficult to find out where to put your money without getting screwed because there are a lot of scams in the music industry, unfortunately. So in this episode, Justin and I talk about his company, Marination Music, but we also discuss a lot of different techniques that you can use to invest your money and where the industry is going with investing. Because it's always a kind of a gray area for me anyways, on where do I put my money? Do I put it in the stock market? Which stocks do I put it in? Which newer companies do I invest in? How do I invest in musicians? Because you can do that these days. You can invest in individual creators and actually take part in their royalties and actually collect their royalties. And there are platforms that are doing that. So Justin and I talk about all those types of things. And we also talk about how the paradigm shift from independent musicians and the major labels are being kind of drained of musicians and nobody's signing with them anymore because of the technologies and tools that are readily available to independent content creators that they can use to grow their own careers. They don't need a label anymore. And we discuss how we can shift that paradigm from like platforms like Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon over to these creators. But the, the question is, why would I pay an individual musician $10 a month or $20 a month or whatever it may be when I can pay Spotify or Apple Music $10 a month and gain access to a catalog of virtually 70 million songs and almost every song that's ever been released. So it's like, how do we shift that and engage these creators and the fans more so that they can earn a living on their music? So Justin shares a lot of really good information. He gives some resources and books that you can check out that will help. And also just some things to keep in mind as you progress through your career. So before we dive in, I want to remind you to sign up to my email list. It helps me notify you when new episodes are live. You can sign up via the link below. That goes directly to the email list, or you can sign up via my website, which is lennonseahawk.com. Follow me on Instagram to keep up with me and share what you're listening to in the podcast and what you enjoyed on the podcast. Send me a message. I would love to hear from you, uh, what you learned. If there's anything I can do to better the podcast, I would love to hear it. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me there. I'm pretty active on there as well. Leave a five-star rating and review. That really helps the podcast out and helps grow the show. I would really appreciate that. And lastly, if you or somebody you know would be a good guest for the show, there's a link to a guest request form. Please fill that out. 
So without further ado and without rambling too much more, let's dive in to my conversation with Justin Longo. We're live. Um, Justin, how do you say your last name? Is it Longo? Yeah, correct. Cool. I just want to make sure that I'm pronouncing. I get some interesting names. I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing everything correctly. Um, Where are you coming to me from? We are located in Santa Monica, Los Angeles right now. Cool, cool. Um, Is it kind of cloudy, foggy there today? Yeah, that's it's a little overcast. It's a little chilly, but um, you know it's still beautiful. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to complain. Uh, I definitely love the weather down here for sure. I'm from the Midwest, so uh, I don't I don't enjoy the cold weather. I'll, I'll say that. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I was doing a little research on you and about your company, Marination, and I saw that you were on a podcast a month ago or so on the Music Entrepreneur HQ podcast, um, and you were talking about the different revenues, and uh, you were a music producer for a couple years. So I want to dig into all of that and really kind of ingest how everything is playing into what you're doing now. So give us kind of the backstory on who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So like you just said, I started out as a music producer. And at the early stages of that, I really saw how music creators kind of struggle financially or they there isn't a whole lot of revenue coming from music at the beginning in the early stages of career. So, you know, I saw that as a very big pain point in the industry. And that kind of blossomed into this beautiful business that we have right now to help music creators while they are still trying to monetize their music and you know provide that element of financial stability to their career paths for the early stages, the middle stages and for the rest of their lives. So great. So tell us about your your music production career because I think that really stemmed uh, everything, what you're doing now to with Marination Music, and you drew a lot of inspiration from that um, and figured out the pain points that musicians go through. Um, so what kind of music were you producing, and how were you making a living doing all of that? Yeah, so it was mainly, um, yes, I do understand the pain points, but it was mainly, um, you know, I saw it from a firsthand perspective. You know, it's not like yeah. I was just... Um, some random Joe Schmo who's never produced or created any music before and just jumped into the music industry. I went through the process, you know, from the very base level, I read music, um, mixing and mastering engineering handbooks. I took notes, I produced, I learned music theory on my own and went to the library every day, produced music consistently. Um, I struggled, I made bad music. I, you know, made some good music too. <laughs> I like to think, but yeah, you know, it, I went through that process, the initial stages of learning, growing and seeing, um, on a firsthand, uh, point of view, like how everything works. So I think that was really great to have the understanding of what creatives go through and also have the other aspect of how we can help them too. Mm. Mm. So what kind of music were you, were you producing and, and break down that that production career a little bit more like I heard that you were making a living on it is that you you were doing it full-time so I was producing I I did a bunch of beats you know hip-hop rap instrumentals Um, I also had a couple releases myself with some EDM house sort of dancey music Um, those were my main two like interest genre wise Um, I also was producing and recording in some studios in around um, California with artists and just, you know, really exploring different genres. But mainly those two were the the two genres that, you know, piqued my interest. Um, I tried to be as unique to myself as possible because I can see in the hip hop industry, especially, you know, there's a lot of um, more or less the same um, in relation to some sort of like the beats, they kind of sound like the same after a while, but, um, you know, I just tried to pick and choose what I liked and, and do my best at at doing that. Mm. Where are you, where are you from? I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. 
Okay. Okay. And what was it like kind of growing up there? Like what was the music scene like? Yeah, that's a great question. So the music scene in the Boston area is very, uh, you know, there is um, Berkeley School of Music is in Boston. Um, right. So there are some very, um, there is there is that music culture in, in the area. But um, the way I grew up was, was from a sports town. Um, mm. From I played sports my whole life. I was around it. And I really believe that being from that area and my background with athletics, the music was always prevalent in the locker rooms, in the um, workout facilities, in the arenas. And it kind of gelled and brought us together as a team in the community. We kind of bonded over sharing and expressing the different types of music that we liked. So I think that my interest was always there with music. And I had a really big passion for it and finding new songs and sharing them with my friends. So I, that's where the, the interest of music cultivated in, in my life and, um, you know, playing athletics throughout my whole life. It's, it's always there. It's always <laughs> in the background. I mean, music's always there wherever you go. You go to the grocery store, there's music playing. You go to a hospital, a waiting room, there's music playing. So um, that, was, that was how it piqued my interest and really cultivated in my life. Mm. Yeah, it's it's so interesting too because a lot of people don't realize that there's there's money to be made too with with those things. Like every time your song is played at a hospital or a grocery store, there's a royalty, couple royalties being earned. You know, it's like, um, and I once had a friend. I oh, I have a friend who uh, was wearing a T-shirt. He was standing in line somewhere, and he it said uh, he had was wearing a T-shirt that said like. Uh, Thank a, thank a sound engineer today. Um, and some lady turned around and like, why don't you just get a real job? And oh. he's like, I, I challenge you. So he's like, next time you watch TV, turn the sound off. Next time you're in the car, turn your radio off. Next time you go to the grocery store, put some earmuffs on so you can't hear the music. Like music is everywhere you go. And it people don't understand that it is a real job. Like the music you hear on the radio, the music that you hear on TV, the music you hear at uh, games, in video games, at sports arenas. Like there are people working behind the scenes that make that stuff happen, and it's a whole, it's a huge team from an inception to getting it played in a big sports arena. Like there's a lot of moving parts that go on to that. And I thought that was a really interesting conversation, and that really kind of stuck with me. It's like wow, when you really think about it music is so ingrained into everybody's lives, but they just maybe don't realize it because it's so ingrained in their lives. Um, so talk a little bit about um, marination music. Is that, that's how I'm, that's pronounced correct. Yes. So where did the name come from? The name came from, um, it kind of, it, it's, there's no real big uh, story behind the name. Um, I did try, it's funny you, you asked that. So the name originally came from, um, when I was in college, we had a couple ideas um, about putting together a platform with sharing music on YouTube, like a um, like a channel, sort of speak. So huh. that's how it really came. We just kind of um, ran with the name, but the uh, the way like I was trying to you know attach some meaning to it. I looked up some you know what's the meaning of marination in like Japan and like. Japanese or in like all these different languages, French, like try and like find the meaning. Um, but from like that uh, discovery and looking at it, I really believe that marination, you know, it's like a togetherness. It brings, it gives the sense of community, um, like uh, different bodies coming together as a whole. And then we actually recently capitalized the end to like more pronounced the nation in the word. So it's more of that like bold community, uh, a collective of people who are, you know, creative and want to express themselves and, you know, continue to do that and give the world their art and music. And um, that's, that's what we really stand for is empowering people as, as a community, um, you know, uplifting one another, as well as, you know, taking care of all the basic needs of of your life and 
that's that's probably a good way to describe it. Okay. So walk us through like what your platform does because I was from my understanding I got the sense that it's kind of like a funding type thing like we and then I was kind of like oh it can it's like a it's like a funding and then it's almost like do we can we buy into royalties like what kind of is the 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 back end like how does it function so the way it functions is that music creators invest their money and they upload their songs and then when they upload their money with that song that money is then invested by marination into the global economy into the stock market all of these reputable businesses that basically run the whole world in relation to you know music like all these big companies and what we're trying to do is um, complement the these big industries and companies like Amazon and Google and Apple they all gross billions of dollars and try and mesh that with giving it back to the creators and having them be part owners of these companies that they use so it's lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details a creative expression in the sharing of the music and then the investment in the monetary aspect comes from these big reputable companies and we leverage those two together. Mm. So it's kind of like if I give you 500 bucks and I upload my song, you guys will take that 500 bucks and throw it into the best stocks that are going to have the most return. Is, is that correct? So that $500 will go into your account on the platform. And then that money would be invested into, you know, companies like you were saying investments um, whether it be big companies, real estate, whether it be royalties of you know steady, um, long-lasting songs and music, um, so that's that's basically where the investment piece comes from, and um, you know it's it's been really great, and we've had some amazing success, and um, we're just going to continue to try and leverage these things that we're experts in, and that we can give back and help these music creators. So when I, if somebody uploads their track, is, do you guys distribute it? Are you a music distributor or do you just like, what do you do with the actual song, like the audio file? That's a great question. The actual song is put onto our platform. So we have a discovery page on the homepage where if you put your song on, you upload your song, right? And it goes onto our homepage, the discovery with everybody else's music, like you'd see on Spotify. And it also goes to your personal catalog. So you have two different ways to view your music. You have a personal catalog and uh, your profile. And then you also have, you know, discovery, checking out other people's music, sharing other people's music um, and investing in other people's, you know, accounts on the platform as well. Got it. Okay. So you guys don't actually distribute the music. It's just kind of like in your own platform. You guys are kind of pushing it out, sharing it with other creators to help discover their music. Yes, that is that is one element that is correct. We do um, have the music be able to, the, the fans are able to stream it on our website um, or our platform rather. And um, yeah, that's basically how it works. It's, it's put into our platform on the homepage and your profile. Interesting, interesting. So I want to get into the, there was something interesting on your site where that kind of sparked a larger question because investing is a big thing that's becoming, it's becoming a huge thing for artists and creatives. Like we've seen the NFT explosion. Um, we were starting to see a movement where artists are able to provide um, sections of their royalties where fans can invest in their royalties and actually make money on their royalties, which is 
very interesting concept. And I've, from what I understand, the there's a lot of legal gray area, and it's not quite caught up yet. Uh, as with everything legal is, everything is just way behind. Um, so the interesting thing is, like, you keep 100% of your ownership but you can potentially give up your royalties or some of your royalties. So can you explain what the difference between ownership and then giving royalties away? Because I know that can be really confusing. Yes, that's a great point. The copyrights are originally concepted when somebody makes a piece of music, right? And then once you go to, say, a CD baby or distro kid, you then give those copyrights over to that distributor to distribute it to Apple Music, Spotify, and all the rest. So on our platform, personally, the music creator keeps all of their royalties, 100% ownership of it. And like you were saying, that is a very interesting concept where fans can invest into uh, catalogs and songs of artists, and they can then reap some of the rewards and benefits of that um, profit sharing. So how we um, go about doing this is since that Spotify, Apple Music, all these streaming platforms for early stage musicians and music creators, the rewards are not very substantial because if you're making 0.0034 per stream on Spotify and you only have a thousand streams, that's not going to do it at the end of the day. Right? So the way we're trying to do this for the up and coming music creators, as well as mid to higher tier musicians is to leverage these things that already are in place in existence with investing in these big reputable companies that are already managing these platforms to try and give that person ownership of the company and overall pie instead of this little uh, percentage that they would be getting for you know 0.0034 per stream yeah okay so I I like the aspect for me I've been getting into like investing recently and I think that it's it's a really important thing to do and like make your money work for you because uh, keeping your money in a savings account is is only benefiting the big the big banks um, so can you talk about like diversifying an income and why investing is important specifically for musicians and independent creators? Investing is like you were saying, passive income, I believe is one of the most beautiful things in the world. You know, you can me, you and I are, are making money right now. The stock, the stock market's open right now. So yep. we're, we're making yep. money. We make money while we sleep. It's beautiful. And it's very important for specifically music creators' lives um, to diversify with income streams, like you were just saying, in relation to the different ways you can do that. You know, what platforms with Patreon uh, can you leverage your Instagram account to have sponsorship agreements? Can you leverage all these different things? With can you have the royalties on Spotify and Apple Music, SoundCloud, all of those platforms? Can you also have the sponsorships with social media, if you're a big personality, um, you know, do uh, promotional posts, uh, that sort of thing. Can you also have the Patreon um, monthly subscribers? Can you leverage your touring? Can you do merchandise? You know, all these different things diversify a music creator, which is extremely important, especially as we progress moving forward at these new technologies, virtual reality, these in-home um, concerts and audiences that these music creators, we can reach our audiences and fans in such a easy, effective way and also monetize. Um, so diversifying for music creators, extremely important. Diversifying in the music industry and also diversifying as a whole too. So diversifying as a whole, you have all these different um, revenue streams in the music industry, but you also have financial investing in reputable companies in, say, a different sector like technology or um, oil or food, agriculture. You know, that's diversifying so that 
when your music is, um, you know, taking a dip, you also have these steady, stable um, companies that you're also invested in and vice versa too. So when your music career is going extremely well, you're selling, you're leasing beats and um, collecting all these royalties, you have that ability to have more than one income stream that protects you and gives you that security so that, you know, you can be um, financially stable as you continue to pursue your career. That's a really good point because there's going to be times it's almost like a lot of musicians think that once you get that top hit or you start making money, it's almost like you just keep, it's like a linear slope and it just keeps going up and up and up. But there are times where your income may drop significantly just because maybe you landed a big Spotify playlist or an Apple music playlist and you're reaping the rewards for a couple months. And then all of a sudden you see a huge dip because you got removed from the playlist or you had a major sync placement and now it's not airing anymore or whatever the case may be, there will be dips in those, in those careers. And it's good to have that backup passive income, which is why I've been starting to diversify my income and like investing and trying to find other things. Like I really want to start getting into like almost being a venture capitalist type way, obviously not throwing half a million dollars at a company or $3 million at a startup. I don't have that kind of money. I wish I did. But just being able to throw like a couple thousand dollars here, a couple thousand dollars there and helping other creators and companies that I believe in and even musicians that I believe in grow their careers and then having ownership on the side or having that passive income uh, because I, I'm starting to realize how important it is uh, in that. Um, so where where would a musician start? Like, Let's say they've got everything kind of funded, they've got the next year, their music videos are scheduled, they've got funding secured, or they've saved up enough money to be able to fund their next album or whatever it may be. And they want to start looking to pull their eggs out of their basket and start putting them towards other companies like in the stock market or in agriculture or whatever it may be. Where would somebody start? Excellent question. Where somebody would start nowadays, especially with what we have going on with other platforms, it's very easy for people to start with low amounts. So you can start very easily and simply um, within the range of $10. So, you know, it's just the step, like you were saying, it's extremely important to just take the first step. And then from there, it accumulates and builds on itself. Um, so where artists and people, what they can do is, you know, look at your situation, obviously everybody's going to be different. So start with where you are right now. That's the absolute best piece of advice that I can possibly give. Um, you know, start within your realm. If it's less than $10, if it's $10, it doesn't matter. As long as you start, um, you know, exploring and investing and having your money start to work for you. Um, the sooner the better, especially as younger music creators. And um, as you get older, obviously, the, um, the compounding effect of investing is extremely important. And if you can start where you are today, it'll make you in such a better place 5, 10, 15 years from now. I agree. And I would like to, you know, have when I retire millions of dollars because that's the goal you know to be able to retire at 40 and have enough money to do whatever I want to do and then keep making money passively as you retire so then you can either focus on your music career or you can focus on other passions that you may have or that have may have developed by that age um, and it's it's always a very difficult question that I get or that I ask myself is like, where do I start? Like where, what are the best resources? Like, do you, so do you have any books or blogs or people that you turn to for this kind of financial advice that you can trust? Because I know you don't want to just throw your money around. Excellent point. <laughs> you, you will be financially secure one day, Lennon. I believe it. Thank you. So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's the goal. It's, it's freedom is what it is the luxury to, you can make music, you can, you know, take a nap at one o'clock in the afternoon and not have to respond to some angry manager who needs some time or work done at this certain time, whatever, but resources that you can start with today, uh, books, 
Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson is extremely important. It's a great book. It talks in story form too, so it's easy to read. And it's a very short one too. It's within 200 pages. I think it's 100 to 150 pages. So it's very manageable. Um, The second one is Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It really dives into the psychology behind money. Um, That's extremely important because like we grow up with our environments, um, those beliefs impact us financially. They impact how we see money and how we see the world. So how... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can then go and reprogram your mind and have a really good money psychology is extremely important. Have a good relationship with money and not have it be some evil and negative thing in your life. So those are two very great books that I suggest everybody get um, and then you know put them into practice. Um, I'll give you a couple tips from those books. One tip is you know save 10% of everything that you earn. So all your paychecks and income that's coming in if it's, we'll say, $1,000, you save $100 and you put that towards um, paying yourself first in investing. And then another good tip is to, back to the psychology behind money, really understand that money is something that is a tool. It's not necessarily an evil and something that is um, to be looked at as people who have more are, you know, they had to be cutthroat to get to where they were. Money is a tool that allows you to you know be more of yourself really because if you're a kind giving person when you have a lot of money you're still going to be a kind giving person you're just going to give a whole lot more so to have that relationship that money's a beautiful tool that'll allow you to be um explore your whatever it may be in life and that's that's basically those the the two things that i believe that um you know can really impact people Mm, good points. I like the the ten percent uh, saving. I think that's easier said than done. Uh, I know I've definitely struggled with that, and that's something that everybody kind of says is like save ten percent, save ten percent. I'm like, well, all my bills, I got to pay my bills, and it's like, am I living over my needs? But at the same time, it's like I'm not. I got to have a car. I got to have insurance. I got to have a a home. I got to have you know all this stuff. And at the end of the day, it's like I don't have. I barely have 10% after groceries and everything is said and done. And it's, it's like, I want to have a little bit of spending money, but it's, it can be done. And I wish I would have had that tip five years ago. So I could have just six years ago and just kind of started just doing it and just building it in. Like no matter what 10%, I always have to have 10% to put aside for investing or whatever, um, just because of how important it is. Yeah, those are great points. The well, as long as you do it now, that's all that matters, right? As yeah. long as we're not here five more years from now, you're wishing you did the same thing. Yeah. But to to um, go off on that point is automation is very important. Automation. Um, personally, I have money. Uh, the way it's set up in my bank account, it just goes out every single week towards my investment account and I don't have to check on it. I don't have to touch it. It just automatically filters into my investment account. And it's 
it's so much easier to automate things instead of having to go into them every single time and, you know, trans transfer money, but automation is extremely uh, a useful tool that you can use to, you know, kind of set it and forget it is what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's really a great thing that you can do to, you know, combat with the, um, the challenges that you may face with investing periodically. Mm. I think automation is becoming a bigger part of uh, everybody's lives. I had a friend that came out to LA. He he does like home security systems and everything, setting up automation systems in people's houses. And uh, it's just becoming a total thing of the future. And people can literally pull up in their cars and have their car programmed or their phone programmed to have like a geofence on it. And when you get home, it opens the garage door. It turns on these specific lights, it closes the curtains, it sets the temperature and everything. And then when you get up in the morning, you can, it, you know, the geofence, it closes the curtain, it opens the curtains for the day, it turns the AC up or down, it closes the garage door, it starts your car. And like your whole life is automated and you, people don't even have to think about it. Because if you think about it like in a, in a bigger home and you have to run around the house and turn lights off and turn these appliances off and how inconvenient you have to get up and turn a light off, right? <laughs> but we're in 2021 where everybody is so focused, like you have to spend every day or every minute of every day working or doing something productive and turning off a light or remembering to close the curtains or something is not productive. Um, and so I think, you know, going down to that type of automation might be extreme for some people and Obviously, those are expensive systems, but even something as simple as automating your investments is really, really important. Um, and just set it and forget it, like you said. That's a really great point. Uh, I, I heard somewhere that you know we all these little different tasks, right? Even sleeping, right? It takes a third of our life away from us. So automation lets us live more technically because if you honestly add up through the course of, I don't know, 50 to 70 years, how long it takes for you to um, like flip the light switch, go to the bathroom, eat food, all these different things, it accumulates to years off of your life of just doing those things. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. And I, I... I can't wait for the day where we can just, our whole lives, we just will literally wake up and we do what we need to do and then we go to bed. And that's all we have to do is focus on sleeping. And I, I don't know how we're going to get there, but as technology progresses and, uh, you know, I think, you know, Elon Musk is going to put something in our brains and it's going to like <laughs> allow us to not have to sleep for weeks on end or not have to eat or something crazy. Um, so, Transitioning a little bit, because um, we could go on that topic. That's a whole separate podcast is automation <laughs> and all that stuff. And it gets kind of scary after a little bit. Um, <laughs> so what do you kind of see the future being? Obviously, investing is is majorly important and investing in the stock market or whatever. But are you seeing growth in like NFTs? Are you seeing like investing in people's uh, royalties, publishing, master royalties, those types of things? Like, do you see them going places or do you see this? I mean, the stock market will always be here, but what are some other things that you're seeing pop up, other opportunities? Yes, uh, NFTs, a blockchain, Bitcoin, all of that. I can't really speak to that because I'm personally not invested. We don't really handle mm-hmm. a whole lot of that. But you know, I could we could go either way on blockchain and, and uh, Bitcoin and all of that. In relation to you know music investing and investing in royalties, what I firmly believe is that if you're going to invest in music and catalogs, I think um, some very prominent artists sold uh, $300 million worth to Universal Music Group like a couple months ago. Their catalog, the whole catalog of music, it was some big. Um, name to invest in music investing in these legacy acts like um the um who who still tours these days like uh like garth brooks or yeah like older generation older older. like the um like the jersey boys like um who who else is like legends like that? Um, uh, the Rolling know. Stones are still going. Uh, yeah. Sir Paul McCartney. 
Yeah. So if you if if you have the option to you know invest in like say a little baby song that's going to be released like tomorrow that's going to be awesome probably no doubt and everybody's going to listen to it or have the ability to invest in like a Fleetwood Mac album I would personally suggest the Fleetwood Mac album because they have cultivated strong audiences for decades and they continue to tour they continue to um, their music still is being streamed today so if um, I were to invest in music royalties I would personally invest in um, novelty music as well as legacy acts and when I say novelty music I mean if I could get my hands on um, a portion of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas I would do it in an absolute heartbeat let me know when you get there because I'll, <laughs> I'm going in too because I'm no I'm no Oracle Lennon but I, I predict this December that we will hear Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas in malls in all across the world so. we'll hear it Everywhere we go, and I think if I hear that song one more time, it'll be too soon. <laughs> As my dad always says. That's, that's where I personally believe to be a great opportunity in, in investing with music. Um, Christmas songs are awesome. You know, maybe some, like, if, I, if you could invest in that song, like the national anthem, if you can invest in, like, the happy birthday song. I, I read somewhere that the guy who owns the majority royalties of that has been cleaning up for many, many moons. So that's that's where I, I believe to be a strong investment for the long term. Mm. It's interesting how how you're how how can you tell a song is going to be as successful as Mariah Carey's? So like there was an article, like a Rolling Stone article somewhere, I think it was a couple years ago, where they were discussing how much she's made on royalties just alone on that track, and it was like 50 or $75 million or something insane, insane like that. And then the amount that she makes every year on it, she could just live off of that, just that one song, uh, let alone her other massive hits. Um, but it's it's so interesting how that song came out like 20... 25 years ago and it's still every year it just is a smashing just dominates the charts every single year but it's such a seasonal classic um and it's you know i'm trying to think of any other season or holiday or even in the summertime like i'm i would assume more genres come up in the summertime like people i, I know in the midwest country music comes up in the summertime because it's beer women and tractors is the, the three main things that they talk about. And it's like, uh, there's not really a seasonal hit that you can point to. That's like a summer anthem like Mariah Carey's it's. So it's like, where do you kind of invest that money? And like, how do you pick out these songs or artists and all that stuff? It's I've, that's a difficult question. Yeah, that's a great point. The, the way, like if you were to invest in like music nowadays, it, it, it plateaus, right? So the song comes out, the label or their management company, they do all the marketing, it blows up, right? They get 50 to 100 million views, right? Say it's like a big Drake song and it plateaus. And then after, say, a week or two, it starts to dive down. And then five years from now, you know, the song may still really be good and a lot of people are listening to it, but the same audience is not there that it was. No, it wasn't. And it's like you think of Kanye's music too, like his albums came out, they were hype for a month. And after that, it's just like, yeah, you can point to him as like successes at that time, but they're not coming up every year like Mariah Carey's song does. Um, and it's just like, it's, it's very interesting to see that and how you can point, because I can only think of a couple, like one song, like Mariah Carey's, like you said, this is the only one that I can think of that comes up every single year. And I mean, I guess it's probably a good thing because otherwise we'd be hearing the same five, six, seven songs every single year and they get worn out real quick. But I don't know. I think it's an interesting factor because a lot of times people can pick out which stocks do really well, but it's hard to pick out what songs are going to do well or what artists or albums are going to do well. It's, it's such a gamble. Yeah. From, from looking at that standpoint of like when you invest, you look at the company as a whole, right? You do um, 
what's called a qualitative and quantitative analysis. So you look at the numbers, right? You look at the overall like stats of the business, how well it's doing revenue. And then you also look at the business itself. What does it do? How are the employees treated? How is the company managed? Those are all things that tie into a good investment to understand both. Is it going to, has it made revenue in the past? Is there a need for all of these things tie into investing? So when you look at investing in songs and music, like we were alluding to um, earlier, is these legacy acts and like Fleetwood Mac, they have these audiences who have been there for the long haul and we still listen to them. So if, you know, like if you're looking at newer generational artists, can you see the artist being there for a long term? Can you see their fan base not being just fly by night fans? Can you see them actually having a attachment like a Fleetwood Mac um, person who goes to all the tours, buys the merchandise, they're the loyal fans. Can you see which artists have those? And I, I think you can see it through the genres too. Um, it, are they unique in the sense of everybody else? Are they not just another carbon copy of Drake? Are they not just another one of those um, like DJs or whatever it may be? I don't know. Can you see that they have something that's um, a competitive advantage and it's unique to them that'll be there with their fans? They treat their fans properly. They are constantly engaged with their audience and, you know, that's a very strong things to look at if you're going to invest in like new artists and new music. It's mm. a good point. I think, you know, talking about the newer generation, I think, you know, there's a handful of artists that come to mind. You have like generational superstars like Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, uh, Lady Gaga, hands down, Ed Sheeran. Um, you can point to those and like Lady Gaga is the standout of the of that group is like she just did from a fashion standpoint had such an outlandish style but it fit her and her strange personality and she's so intelligent and so such an incredible songwriter and she just shifted so many communities, specifically like the LGBTQ community. She shifted the younger generation. She gave younger girls hope and to see that they can be themselves, that they can be successful in a male-dominated industry and just whatever industry they're in and giving people that hope. Um, and I think that's that's a very, very unique example like i think lady what lady gaga has done is 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 like a fleetwood mac of the generation is uh the beatles uh elvis presley like those types of standout acts um i think lady gaga will and taylor swift and all them will live will will stand the test of time um but you know 15 years ago these i was a lady gaga fan back in 2009 when love game and poker face and all those came out that was i was only 14 at the time so these people who realize that they're hugely success, success, successful artists or they're big fans of, they're not thinking about investing in them. They're yeah. thinking about going to their concerts, getting their merch, getting to interact with them, getting a, a, something as simple as a like on Instagram from them or a comment like or something, you know, and just getting involved in that community. They're not thinking about investing in royalties. They're not thinking of owning the publishing or anything like that. You know, they're not thinking of those things. Um, but it's, it's very, it's very interesting that I wish I would have had that knowledge 15 years. I could have been a billionaire by now. <laughs> I could have been the Jeff Bezos of the music industry. <laughs> there's still time. <laughs> there's still time. I, I guess, I guess there's still time. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there is, there's definitely a lot of, uh, future and I think you know with we've seen such a major shift in uh, artists leaving major labels and not signing with them and just becoming strictly independent and we've seen numerous artists I think uh, Chance the Rapper is one of the, the biggest people you can point to is like the most successful independent musician like he's made it with no major label contract and 
I think that shift will continue, I'm hoping, away from platforms like Spotify, where they, they make billions of dollars and they pay out next to nothing. Um, and somebody who wants to have a career in music, it's it's almost virtually impossible. It's not virtually impossible, but it's very, very, very difficult to do when you have a platform where you can make, have a million streams and maybe have one month's rent, you know, and that might not happen next month. And it's, it's such an unsteady career. So I'm hoping that other platforms like your company and platforms like Audius and things like what Blau is doing with his companies, um, shifting that paradigm away from these major corporations that own so much stuff and they don't give anything back to the people who literally allow their platform to exist. Yeah. And it's kind of a handicap too, because that's where all the fans are. That's where we all stream music is on these big platforms. Um, Streaming is extremely prevalent in everybody's lives from Netflix. Um, I was in a conversation with the uh, recent Emmy awards, like all these streaming platforms with Netflix and Apple TV, they're winning all of these awards, taking over this, these industries. And even though like streaming with Spotify, the music labels at the end of the day, they kind of pull the puppet strings of the streaming sites because of like the agreements and the, and the licensing that they need to have um, in order to use um, these are songs on these sites. I know that Taylor Swift had some troubles with Spotify. She didn't um, originally want to put her music on Spotify and that sort of thing. So like you were saying, moving forward, I think that uh, there are a lot of beautiful companies that are empowering music creators uh, to, you know, take back control in def- different creative ways, you know, whether that's Patreon with a monthly subscription and really bringing that community and uh, feel and relationship to fans and artists through video, whether that's through, um, you know, a platform like what we have and like trying to build and give more power back to these music creators that, you know, make the very music that we listen to, like you just said. Every day. And then the music that is on the TVs, the shows, the movies, the, baseball games, the football games, the soccer games, the the grocery stores, everything that we go to, all this music is there. And it comes down to like, the fact is, is why would I spend $10 a month giving, say, for example, if I'm an artist, why would somebody give me $10 a month when they can give Spotify $10 a month and have access to 50, 60 million songs or Apple Music, 60, 70 million songs? Versus me, one artist who can only who only pumps out a certain amount of music, and it's like that that big weight. And these major corporations have the marketing dollars. Like Apple can obviously market and afford billboards in Hollywood and downtown Los Angeles and New York and Times Square. Whereas some Joe Schmo artist who's just getting started can't afford a billboard in Times Square uh, to do that. And it's just like, how do we shift that paradigm to be more inclusive and to be more uh, appealing for singular artists who are and shifting that that focus away from these major companies so they don't have to rely so heavily on them. I think that's that's the next question that and I think a lot of people are posing that question right now and we're working on shifting that and that's why it's been really interesting to follow companies like Blau's uh, new company and where he can invest in royalties and Audius. Uh, I've I've been reading a lot about Audius, um, so. I, I think they're doing the right thing, and I, I think there's a lot to come in the in the technology realm in the next five to ten years. Um, so I'm really interested to see how everything kind of pans out. Yeah, me as well. I, I believe the future is very bright. You know, we we firmly believe and see that companies in general and people, they want a relationship with these companies. They want to believe in like what the company is actually doing. It's not like a, a, a one for one exchange. In some cases it is if you go to say like a grocery store, but when people are invested in these new creative technology companies, whatever it is, they want a, a sense of community. They want a personality behind the company. They want to feel like they're a part of something greater than themselves. And that's what we firmly believe with Marination can accomplish is, 
you know, to bring the community in our organization and bring the community in our audience and with our creators and fans and really mesh them together and have something very special. I agree. I like, I don't like having companies or working with companies or using companies or services that there's no face to the name. Um, and you know, we can see, I always point to Tesla, like Elon is the spokesperson for Tesla. There's a face behind the name. He's, he's on Twitter all the time responding and, you know, pushing updates to the vehicles and giving the people what they want. And it's not just some major corporation taking your money and just delivering a product. And there's like this, this wall between the customer and the people. Um, and I I think that's huge with, I just did a big article on edm.com where I, spoke with a handful of musicians for how they're using Discord to build communities and how that puts that face behind the name. I think the most interesting case study of that was an artist named Bishu, where he is literally doing different challenges and he's doing different live stream events um, in his Discord and providing his fans with something to interact with. Like One of the things that he did was he always goes live and he produces music, but there's he'll have a different thing. Like somebody will throw in, they'll throw in samples and he'll use those samples to make a song or he'll do like an hour and he'll have seven people or 10 people do uh, a beat and then he'll jump back and forth like using Discord's stage feature where he can bounce between the different rooms and see how people are coming along with their songs. And he did one the other day last week that I thought was hilarious was he was, uh, he had, it was called one, uh, One Word Story. So he made a beat live and then everybody would put in one word and it would just, everybody's throwing in one word and it's, and he's rapping. He's using those words to, to rap <laughs> over the beat he produced. And it's obviously the words and the story made no sense. And the rap made no sense, <laughs> but he's in there adding harmonies and all this crazy stuff. And it was like, this is so damn enticing. Like uh-huh. I would never have thought that I would sit here and listen to a guy talking to his discord community, writing music, but he's just got it so engaging. And I think he's a prime example of, of building a community and how his fans will remember his music forever and how their his fans are going to throw in bring in their friends and their friends are going to bring in their friends and it's just like this trickle down effect um and it just goes to speak to how important it is to have that face behind behind a brand and a company like there's no shame in it in fact it's it people want to be able to relate to it everybody we're all humans we all have feelings and we relate to to different things in different scenarios. So yeah, I just think he's, he's kind of a, a prime, prime example of building community, uh, using the latest and greatest technology that is, you know, discord. So, um, yeah, I, kind of a long winded point, but, uh, I thought it was important to share that. Um, so yeah, we're coming up on an hour here. I don't want to keep you for too much longer. Um, so I wanted to say thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You being on the show. I think you, you share a lot of really good information and a lot of really good points for kind of keeping everybody reminded and like keep that investment brain going. Always look out for your money and, and make sure you're doing the right thing with it. Um, so before I let you go, how can the listeners keep up with you or Marination or in all the projects that you're working on, the, the, the moves that you guys are making? Yeah, so we, you can find us on Instagram, uh, Mary, M-A-R-I underscore underscore nation, or just type in Marination, we'll, we'll pop up. Um, you know, marinationmusic.com is our website. Um, our mobile application will be available on iOS and Android um, in the next couple of weeks here. So um, yeah, that's where, where people can check us out. Great. That's exciting. Congrats on that. That's a big step, I'm sure. Thank you, Glenn. And I, I appreciate you having me and, and it's really nice to see what you've been doing also. And, you know, I, I really think that we're in alignment with giving great value to other people. And, you know, it's very nice to come across somebody who, you know, is genuine and, and expresses great genuine value to their community as well. So I, I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I always, I don't believe in gatekeeping. I think, 
it's, it's important to share. I think we all grow from learning from one another. And if I can help one person out with pointing them in the right direction or giving them a good resource, then I'm all for it. Um, cause it all comes full circle. Uh, and I think that's very important in, in every aspect of life, not just music. Absolutely. Yeah. It, the, it, treat others how you want to be treated at the end of the day. Yes. Yes, exactly. I think that's a good point to, to end on. Thank you so much for your time, Justin. I really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Congrats on everything. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch. Thank you, and I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, Justin. Bye now.